thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. It scares me so much when Kirk vanishes as soon as I play the intro music. He was just here, and he's going to jump scare me or something. So I'll say it anyway. With my co-host, Kirk. He's still gone. Oh, 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 I get it. I get it. I get it, guys. So we're, we're reviewing a movie called <laughs> Ghosted today. And Kirk has ghosted me. That That's what it is. Did I pass the test, Kirk? He's still gone. I did not pass the test. Oh, there he is. You did. Yes. You did. Dude, that, let me just tell you, my <laughs> level of uh, cognitive focus and, I mean, I'm exhibiting it right now. My level okay. of cognition right now is extraordinarily low. So let's just all thank our lucky stars that I, I thought of that and actually, actually, uh, actually figured it out. Um, you did because we could have been here for hours, frankly. Well, part of me, I anticipated only to be gone for about that long, <laughs> but then as you, once you guessed it, I was like, what if I just never show up to this episode? <laughs> just watch. Yeah. It's like a social experiment. I just see what happens. And <laughs> Let us see I, how young squirt does flying I, solo. I call you tomorrow. Hey, how'd the episode go? Like, dude, were you under your desk the entire time? Did you go to sleep? Did you crawl out of the studio? What happened? Yes. Did all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> I would have respected the heck out of you for that. Um, it would have been something else. If I would have even finished the episode, I probably would have just rage quit. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm your other co-host, Cam. This is a movie review edition of Popcorn for Breakfast. We are going to be reviewing, spoiler free, Ghosted, an Apple TV Plus original film starring... Anna Darmus and Chris Evans, among others. Uh, this is a spy rom-com action. It, all of the things. It's a, it's a. I hate that I just said all of the things, but it's it's everything. It's a multi-genre affair. Yeah, this is uh, the proposal meets Mr. and Mrs. Smith meets yep. True Lies meets the gray man i think so it's all, <laughs> all it all all roads lead back to the gray man kirk especially when you've got anna de Armas and chris evans i mean you're already most of the way there so yes uh yeah it's it's gonna be a good time always good to have a a new film to review i feel like a lot of people are getting into the apple tv plus zone um and you 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 helped to push me in that direction kirk this week when we were talking about what movie are we going to review what are we going to do um Kirk has just uh, deactivated his entire green screen somehow by pushing his hand, which is incredible. Hold I don't on, know. what is going on? I don't know. I like, I like turned it off with the force. <laughs> you used your telekinetic powers to, oh my. It's never coming back. I'm just going to put my green screen down. Because yeah, just, this just is, pull it down. This is, wow. It's going to be really loud and squeaky, everybody. Here we go. Just to prove that it's real. Well, I'm a little dim in, in my <laughs> studio, but uh, the show must go on. <laughs> that's, that's what you get, Kirk. You should stop being so, stop talking with your hands so much. I'm scared to throw mine around now. Got a flashlight to give myself some more lighting. <laughs> oh my gosh. What in the what world happened? Oh, I don't know, boy. but I'll never move my hands again. Never again. Well, that's good. Um, maybe you'll be able to. I don't know. I don't know what happens from here, Kirk. I'm scared, and and this is where we're where we're at. 
Well, if you could still hear me, <laughs> then that's all that matters. Kurt coming to us live from uh, Merrimack Caverns. He's underground <laughs> at this point. Uh, okay, only only the local listeners got that reference. Anybody else is like, what? Where's that? Um, okay. Wow, that was that was a test, and I failed. We that was a lot of a lot of laughter. Okay. Let's talk about this movie, Kirk. Ghosted on Apple TV+. Plus. What I was trying to say is that we were trying to pick a movie for this week, and we were discussing a few films, and you were like, hey, Ghosted. I feel like lots of people have Apple TV+, Plus now. And you know what? I agree. And I looked into it, and it's true. Apple TV+, Plus subscribers are up. Um, there's lots of people getting in on it. I think the Ted Lasso effect happened. There's a few other things. You can watch all the MLS games, MLS games on Apple TV+, Plus with a subscription, so... It's growing, and I think a lot of people were checking out this movie. So, without further ado, Kirk, let's get into our review of Ghosted. A reminder that it will be a spoiler-free review, so if you have not seen the film, you're welcome to stick around and listen to our spoiler-free thoughts. And, Kirk, you can (laughs) get us started (laughs) with the synopsis live from the nether realm. (laughs) It's so dark here. At some point, the light's going to come back, and it's going to scare me half to death, and that'll be fun. Here we go. Ghosted. Love is in the air for Cole and Sadie, until Sadie goes M.I.A. By a surprise turn of events and a leap of faith, Cole discovers that the woman he is falling for is a spy. Can Cole untangle the international crime mystery he's caught himself in? Or can Sadie use her tactical training to deceive even her own heart for her feelings for Cole? See if Sadie texts back this spring in Ghosted, now streaming on Apple TV+. Nice. I love it. Good synopsis. Great radio voice or TV trailer man voice. Kirk, let's let's dive right into this thing. We're going to start, as we always do, with the acting performances. Of course, the, the names on the marquee are certainly... Anna de Armas, Chris Evans, but there are many, many others in this cast. It's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, broad cast. Adrian Brody appears. Yeah. There's lots of cameo appearances uh, that we may or may not, we probably won't get into because those are um, spoilers. But Adrian Brody is the is the the villain in the movie. Um, where are you going with your and the Oscar goes to? Who's your best actor? Well, I just remembered that I have this little trophy. And since my green screen isn't working, I don't know if it's going to show up on the video, but I'm going to try it. And I just want to say, I don't want another pretty face. I don't want just anyone to hold. Do you have stickers? How did you do that? You just wrote oh, on it? It's dry erase. Oh, I one. nice. I've got a trophy for those of you listening and not understanding the banter going on. I've got a little trophy I got from Target for like $12.99 and it has a little, it looks like, you know, just like a generic trophy. It says you're the best and then you can write on who you want the winner to go to. And today the Oscar goes to Ana de Armas for me. Um, This one's pretty simple because uh, for me in this film, she seems like the person who has the most well rounded, fully fleshed out character. Uh, Everyone else just kind of seems pretty surface level. But I mean, we told you what this was kind of about, right? We told you all the mixed bag of things that might entice you to see this film or um, things that you're trying to connect the dots on. Like, what what did that remind me of? And 
there are very incredible glimpses of real character work that Ana de Armas puts into uh, the role of Sadie throughout. Uh, one of the biggest moments, and it's so small, it's ridiculous. I don't even remember what she says, but there's a moment when her and Cole are getting into a taxi and she gives him this look and I'm like, that was a really very unique choice to look at him that way. It's just like moments like that throughout the entire film. There are things that are, that have to be specific to the character she created that I've never seen in any of the other roles that she's currently blowing up on the Hollywood scene for. So it goes to Ana de Armas without a doubt, without a question. Congrats. All right. Um, Good choice, Kirk. Uh, for my Oscar goes to, I, I have to admit, I really struggled with that one. I am going to show my hand very soon here, so I'm just going to lean into it here and let you guys know that I very much disliked this movie. Um, like, very, very much. So it was hard for me to find things that I found redeemable about this movie, including any acting performances. So for my Oscar goes to, I actually went with Lizzie Broadway, um, who plays Cole's sister in uh, in this film, which is which is Chris Evans' sister. Kirk's laughing at me, but I felt like it was legitimately, and I, and I mean this. I'm 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 trying to be very diplomatic about this, but there were a lot of scenes where they were trying to create like this easy a family chemistry where the parents were like cool, funny, like hip with it, um, open-minded, whatever. And they fell absolutely flat on their face. But the one thing that felt genuine was his sister who actually was giving a, a, I think a pretty genuine, good performance and had some authenticity in it and felt like a real person which is more than I can say for pretty much any other person in this movie. I think Kirk was extremely generous in his review of Anna de Armas's performance, though the real culprit with all of the acting performances is the writing, which was, oh, abysmal, abysmal writing. I thought the dialogue was horrific. I mean, some of these lines, they could barely, like, cough out. It was just, it was so clunky. Um but Lizzie Broadway, even though she was, they, they wrote her into some corners as well in her very limited screen time. Uh, but she made the most of it and, and became an actual real person on the screen, which is what you're supposed to do as an actor. Um, so I'm giving my Oscar to her. I don't even remember her. <laughs> She's a sister. <laughs> I don't even remember you know? her. <laughs> You need to go back and watch it, Kirk. You need to go back and watch it. Oh, I'm not I'm, I'm not giving it to Anna DeArmas or Chris Evans. That's for darn sure. Neither one of those fools. Yeah, Neither this might, one dethrone, of them. might dethrone Chris uh, as the best Chris for some. I don't know if he was, but... Uh, he wasn't yeah. for me. Um, but yeah, this was not a good showing for him. Okay. Not, not a good showing in my opinion. Yeah, I feel you. All right, let's move into Scene Stealer. <laughs> I just used up who's probably the only good Scene Stealer candidate, in my opinion, as my Oscar goes to. So I'm going to be really scraping the bottom of the barrel. But, Kirk, I got to know where you're going. If you're not choosing the incomparable Lizzie Broadway, and I'm not, I don't mean that I'm not being crappy towards her. I'm just saying Kirk said yeah. he didn't even notice her, um, yeah, which, I is, did. which is rude, which is rude, frankly. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lizzie. Um, <laughs> but I thought she was great. So, Kirk, where are you going for Scene Stealer? You know, I think it's. 
this is actually the easiest answer in that no other performance outshined Ana de Armas. So for the first time ever, I'm giving the scene stealer the same award as the Oscar goes to. She wins both Ana de Armas. I mean, they're, they're watching the other characters and seeing what they were trying to do with, again, the shortcomings of the script, as Cam said, it was it was uh, very discouraging at, at times. And I felt like the only person who was really, really trying, and again, I, if I had known that Lizzie was in this film, <laughs> I might have given it to her. <laughs> but knowing that Anna Armas was really trying and really trying to cover up her accent, though, I mean, it didn't fully get covered at, at times. I still feel like she takes the win for me here. So Oscar and scene stealer tonight goes to Anna de Armas. Well, it was choose your own adventure on uh, accents in this film, Kirk. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was absolutely, it was Tom Hanks and Elvis. Out I, here. I was like, who you're what, who, what, what's your, what's your angle here? What's your backstory? Who are you? <laughs> These, it was like, it was almost as if it was like an improv night. And before every scene, somebody had a hat with a bunch of random accents in it or uh, impressions. And it was like, Hey, Adrian Brody, pull, pull a thing out of the hat. And he just like, this is my accent for this scene. Um, and I really like, like Adrian Brody, but my scene stealer, um, perhaps for the first time, I'm going with someone who stole the scene for all the wrong reasons and going with someone who is more of a scene killer, but he did steal the scene just in a bad way um, by being really bad. And that's an actor that I, that I typically really like in Tim Blake Nelson who played a character called Borislav in this movie. Um, not, a, not a spoiler because he's just like a generic Russian, I guess, um, operative antagonist type thing who's in the movie for, um, you know, he's, he's a small role in the film. And speaking of, of grab bag accents, this accent was abysmal. It was like, at times, very apparently Russian, and at times, totally indistinguishable. It was like there are certain words he knew how to say really well in a Russian accent, and there are certain words he was just totally guessing. And I'm like, why does this guy, why do any of these guys even need to be Russian or anything? This is sort of like a, you know, you could do anything you want with the plot. To me, the, the whole, like, this is a rom-com first and foremost. So whatever happens in the in the plot should serve the romantic interests of the film. And so it's secondary, but they didn't choose to go that route. So they could have done anything they wanted with the, with the spy thriller subplot. Um, and they chose to go this route and, and chose actors who were just not well suited or not engaged enough to do it. So Tim Blake Nelson was really awful uh, in his scene. And uh, I wanted him to be acknowledged for that, even though I really, I, I am a fan of his work typically. I'm going to dump on the writing a little more <laughs> since we're here. Yeah, um, fire away. And I don't know if this is an Apple TV Plus writing issue or if it's just the state of writing in Hollywood right now. That's probably what it really is. But um, also another property of Apple TV Plus is something like the last thing he told me with Jennifer Garner. I started watching this and immediately stopped. There was a scene in which uh, someone has gone missing, the husband, and Jennifer Garner is like, wait. He's in Austin. And another character says, 
Texas? <laughs> and like, what, where other, where other Austin are you, are you talking about? And I kid you not, they, between eight different characters, they kept talking about Austin and Texas and Texas and Austin interchangeably for the next five to 10 minutes. And it's writing like that where you can not trust your audience so much that you just lose me entirely. And that's what makes this whole film so difficult to rate is because it is so poorly constructed. Is it a rom-com? It is a, is it a spy movie? Is it in between pick a route and stick with it? Here's what's going to blow your mind, Kirk. And I don't know how much you've, you've looked into this. I've not the writers for this movie. They are, well, it's it's the writers of the Deadpool franchise and um, Zombieland and Spiderhead, which I know is a movie that you loved, I hated. Um, that's that's who wrote it. And, the, and adding to that writing team was Chris McKenna, who wrote for the Spider-Man trilogy, the new one uh, with Tom Holland. That was your three writers on this movie, okay? And the director was Dexter Fletcher, who I am not necessarily super high on in general, but isn't, you know, hasn't done just like overwhelmingly terror. Like he has, he has a ton of credits. So, um, yeah, I'm, it's a real head scratcher, Kirk. It's a real, real head scratcher. I'm very confused. I am just so confused right now. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> That's what was going on here. Um, let's get into Showstopper. What was the the best part of the movie, in your opinion, Kirk? What was the part of the movie that uh, sold it for you, if anything? Um, <laughs> this is hard. You're this really you're hard. really selling it, Kirk. I love it. I love it. You really. I, I can tell that you just loved this one. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. On an arm and no, you can't use that trick again. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I really, th- this is maybe super meta. This is more so like an appreciation of all of the actors, uh, would be not like actual, not actual impressiveness by the. <laughs> this isn't even an award, <laughs> not the impressiveness about the combat in this film, but more so the impressiveness of an actor who's like a normal person who then people look at them and say, I want to see them in an action movie. I want to see Chris Pine be a super spy. I want to see Ana de Armas uh, do like all these crazy uh, kicks and attacks and take down all these like giant people. I want to see it, right? Like the fact that they learn how to do that kind of stage combat and they commit to it and they don't bring in the stunt double for anything they can't do. And the, like these two specifically are, are people who are gung-ho at it and want to do everything they can before the stunt double steps in. So, I, again, I don't know if that's an actual nod to this specific film. It's just something I thought about while watching this film. Like, you know, people just kind of label actors whatever they want to. Like, you are now a spy in this, in this movie, so sell it. And I think they sold that part of it. So I think... Uh, kudos to them for that okay i don't i don't even fully you're like they really they really went for it they tried they really they really gave it an effort out there um 
I'm not so sure they did, but I I appreciate you appreciating that, Kirk. I'm I'm happy for you for the for that for you. Okay, my showstopper. Um, as I continue to be extremely mean to this movie, <laughs> and that will continue. My showstopper is there is one scene in the middle of this movie that I cannot divulge exactly what it is. If you've seen the movie, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But there is one scene in the middle of this movie that is the most attention-grabbing scene for a particular reason. And it is a is a comedic bit that in the right film with the right tone would have been hilarious, would have just slayed. Um, and actually, I was able to kind of disconnect and just watch the scene as the scene, pretending like it's not connected to the rest of this movie, and I found it enjoyable. But the tone was so far off in this movie, like they didn't know what they wanted to do. They didn't know if they wanted to be totally preposterous, uh, zany, slapstick, goofy with the film, or if they wanted to be safer, more generic comedy. They were stuck in that. And this scene falls way more into like the zany, crazy comedy that you see in things like Deadpool and Zombieland um, and would fit really well in a movie like that. And in those kind of movies, perfect. In this movie, it made zero sense, but it was almost a thing. And and what they had there was funny and good and it was like the actual, like the only part of the movie where I felt really engaged. So that scene was... Uh, was it? That was my showstopper. I, I don't even know what scene I'll have to ask you off the camera. Do you really not? It's it's the one. Um, how can I say this? It's the one where there are multiple bounty hunters who are uh-huh. trying to capture a particular thing oh. at the same time. Oh, I don't think in, I liked that part. In the middle of the movie. In the middle. Yeah. Not, not at the end. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. With certain... Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I know, now, I, now I know what's seen. Now okay. I can appreciate your... Yes. Non-spoiler... Yes, thank you. Coded. <laughs> I can't go much farther, Kirk. Uh, like, beyond that, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really treading in dangerous waters there. Um, it's not like, you know, before we did cameras, sometimes I would, we, would, we could hold up notes or uh, make signals <laughs> yeah. to each other, like, like charades almost, and now it's like, well... Let's figure this out. We're going to figure it out. We'll do it live. Um, Okay. (laughs) And now we'll go to director shoes, Kirk. What was the part of this movie that you would have changed, edited, added notes for, et cetera? Yeah. I think uh, besides what we've already mentioned, I think that Chris Evans was just grossly miscast in this role. Grossly miscast. And I love Chris Evans. Uh, Chris Pine is my top Chris. Chris followed by Chris Hemsworth. And uh, I don't know. I don't know what, what, how I feel about the next two anymore because of the the projects that they've taken on. <laughs> but grossly miscast. Didn't make any sense. You know, it's kind of like when uh, Joaquin... You know, Chris Evans doesn't miss much. I would say that. It's But it is kind of like when Joaquin Phoenix stood up and won his best actor uh, for Joker. And he said to Christian Bale, he's going along and he's telling everyone how much he loves him. And he says, Christian, I just want to see you suck one time. <laughs> and... I feel like this is a pretty big one for Chris Evans of, you know, let's not count his early career. Cause you know, that was just up and down, but I think that it, it made no sense, zero sense. It must've only been convenient for scheduling for Chris Evans to take this role on and get a paycheck because 
not not a not an iota of his uh, look of his true personality uh, of his acting skills led him to ever be cast in this role. It doesn't it didn't make any sense. No, not a sense at all. So that's my director's shoes tonight. Yeah, good. Um, I agree with that. And I'll counter with this and say that I think Anna de Armas was grossly miscast in this movie. Fun fact, the original um, casting choice for this film was Scarlett Johansson, who later bowed out due to scheduling conflicts. And if you watch the movie with that in mind, um, because I remembered it about three quarters of the way through the film, I was like, this makes a lot more sense. Um, She, her, Scarlett Johansson's type of comedy and, and the way that she can deadpan and things like that could have actually seismically shifted the tone of this movie for the better. I still don't think it saves the writing. I really don't think it saves the writing, but there would have been more to work with there. Whereas Anna de Armas, I'm not sure why they chose her for this movie. I think she's incredibly talented. I think she's really gifted as an actor and can do incredible things. Um, They saw James Bond and thought she's the perfect fit for this movie. What she does in, in James Bond is awesome. And, and it, you know, the people, who are making the John Wick ballerina spinoff and saw James Bond in her and thought she's perfect, they had the right idea. These guys did not have the right idea. She was not the right fit for this movie. It didn't work. Other things that didn't work, the the opening of this movie is horrible. I mean, they, they struggle so hard to get this thing off the tracks. The dialogue is horrific. It's like network TV really bad acting, really bad dialogue, really bad like like production design and and it just looks cheap and terrible. I mean, if you told me this was a CW show at the beginning, I would have believed you. Honestly, like if you blurred out Chris Evans and Anna Armas's face so I didn't recognize them, it's that bad at the beginning and they stumble their way into the main plot of this film. It's just brutal. Um the other thing which I feel like is the overarching thing here is Kirk, you said something about like this was an easy paycheck, like laziness. That that to me is the essence of this film. That's what permeates throughout this film. They had what was actually a pretty fun concept. A modern age kind of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Almost, almost. Not exactly. There's definitely some details that are different. But you know, um, guy meets girl, girl meets guy, but they they meet under different circumstances later where he finds out that she's a spy or what have you. All that stuff's in the trailer. It could have actually worked. And in fact, there are parts of this plot, um, the larger plot, that you're like, wow, this was pretty well thought out, but the execution is just bad throughout. It's just like they didn't even try. It's like it's like watching a basketball game and somebody's got a breakaway layup and they miss it because they th- knew they had a good concept. They knew they had a good act, good actors and a good team, good writing team, right, certainly. Um, and they just chose not to actually seal the deal, actually make it happen. Um, and that's what really just stinks up this whole movie, in my opinion. And it just makes it such a tough watch. I mean, just a brutal watch. This thing is like, I think it's under two hours, but it's a grueling. It's, it's high. I struggled. I struggled mightily. Uh, I thought I've, I've never done this for one of the movies that we've reviewed, but I honestly thought about turning it off. That's how bad it was. Um, in my opinion. So Lots of mistakes were made. I think most of them were effort mistakes, them choosing not to put forth the effort to actually make this thing good because 
it could have been a good few points higher if they had actually made this the way I think that it was originally like storyboarded out to be. Um, and it just never came to fruition. Yeah. All right. That brings us to final thoughts and scores. Kirk, uh, take us out of here. All right. This, I really wanted to like ghosted. I was a huge advocate from when we first saw the title, uh, sometime last year, uh, I was a big advocate for the trailer. I think I've just been egging Cameron on like, Hey man, this is going to be good. Yeah. This is going to be great. That trailer came out. And I was like, I feel great about this movie. This is going to be awesome. And you know, sometimes I can kind of figure out like this trailer is good, but not great which means the movie is not going to be great. No, no, genuinely, if, you, if you've if you watched this film and, and you're, you're kind of hearing the same things as we are, feeling the same things as we, we did, and you go back and you watch the trailer after watching the film, you're like, no, these are two different movies. Um, I, I'm glad you read the writer's list because it's almost like they each took a piece of it and then, like, all right, you're taking scenes one and two. You're taking scenes three through six. You've got seven. She's oh. got eight. You know, it it just seemed it just seemed all over the place. Like the direction was the same, but the writing um, was just just it, it was cohesive, but not great. I, I don't understand how you can bring so many great minds and not have that something magnificent. And maybe that is the case. You know, no one wants to step on each other's toes and they don't want to tell anyone hey we've lost sight of the the actual goal here that might actually be what what we're coming to here finding out that uh we need to the writer's room cannot be this big on a major motion film it's fine in a sketch room it's fine if you have two to three but when you get that magnitude of people with big big opinions it cannot work and it unfortunately did not work here. If you like this movie, fantastic. I- I'm glad you did. Um, if you didn't like this movie, like me or Cam, we understand. <laughs> we, we do. But we hope you had fun uh, listening to us today. So my score for Ghosted, I'm conflicted because I really just had such a good feeling going into this film and was extremely let down. It was not the movie I expected it to be, nor the caliber that I, uh, that I expect from this, this cast and this, this production team and this writing team and this directing team. My score today is a, a sad, sad 4.1 out of 10 kernels. Oh, Kirk. Oh man. Buckle up. <laughs> Buckle up, Buttercup. It's time. I am uh, maniacally rubbing my hands together like a like a praying mantis or something over here, like a like a snidely whiplash villain. Um, my thoughts and scores. I am probably harsher than most people on this movie. Uh, I will I will acknowledge that, and I'm okay with that. I did not like this movie at all. In fact, I will go as far as to say this movie represents most of the things that I hate about film, um, like all the bad things about film. Uh, and I love movies, but this is this this right here is is almost the culmination of all things that I really dislike. It, it's when a movie gets created by a bunch of people who could have done a good job and just didn't. They were just like, eh, the people will like this. They'll watch it. Um, it's got big name stars. It's it's when when people make a movie, basically, just 
not even putting forth the best effort. I think about that movie, the room um, that everybody memes and, and makes fun of um, this. And, and that movie ended up being really, really bad, but those people were trying to make a good movie, you know, like, like uh, what's that guy's name? Tom uh, Wiesel, Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau. Wiseau. Yeah. Tommy, uh, he was trying to make a, a, a movie. He had an idea and a concept, and he was trying to do a good job. These people weren't trying to do a good job. They did not put their best foot for, forward. That uh, Dexter Fletcher and the writing team, and and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it mostly on them because I think the actors genuinely did try, but they were just screwed from the get go. Um, the the people who wrote and directed this movie did not put their best foot forward. They were they were one hundred percent, in my opinion, grabbing an easy paycheck. This thing just had almost zero creative integrity or value. It just was never going to be good. And that is worse when you could have made a good movie and you had a good concept that somebody thought of. And and uh, you know, a lot of times these stories get purchased and then written by different writers and things like that. You know, like the script gets purchased, but then it gets manipulated by all these big high priced writers. That's what feels like went on here. And I just, I just hate it. Um, it's a rom-com. That's not funny. There's a little bit of chemistry between these two, but not much. The tone was all over the place and mostly wrong. And it, they, even, even the like plot of the, you know, the larger plot that unfolds in this movie is just like way more convoluted than it needs than it needs to be with so many moving pieces and people that are involved. It's just a big miss in my opinion. Um, so I'm giving it an incredibly low score because I just really disliked it. I'm giving it a 1.5 out of 10. I really, really disliked it. And I think just because of what it kind of represents, which is just not a true, honest effort at creating something that is a good try. This is this was not a good try, in my opinion. This was poor effort. You know, I think that there's, um, you know... Life imitates art in how my screen crashed, you know, today yes. with my green screen and my lighting. I'm still like lit at like <laughs> so 15% dark. over it's here. so dark. Like if you told me that you were sitting outside in, at night, I would, I would believe you. I don't know I what have- happened. What are, what are the what are these bulbs at? They're like 100 watt bulbs. I have two of them aimed at my face right now. They're the same exact lights that I have. So yes. for contrast, so I don't know, you clearly use psychic powers on your camera and destroyed it, which I'm very impressed about um, or impressed by, but it's terrible. It's just it's ruined everything. I don't get it. I'm immediately going to buy a new camera. I feel like it's a camera thing and I uh yeah, I'll just be here in the dark until until the next time we see each other, everyone. Yes, and I will just say too, for anybody who watched this movie, liked this movie, and then heard my review and was personally offended by it, please don't take it personally. It does not mean that I think you have bad taste in movies. It mm-hmm. just means that my perspective on this particular movie was that it is not my jam, um, for all of those reasons. And I could be dead wrong, you know? It's just the way that it's the way that this whole thing goes. So watch right. watch what you watch, like what you like, hate what you hate. That's what it's all about. Um, it's, it's been, you know what? I, sometimes it's fun to bash a movie too. I, I I have fun with that. So I do not regret watching it. So here we are. We're all, we all win. We all win. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. That's been our spoiler free review of ghosted. If you watched it and you agree or disagree with us, please share your thoughts. We'd love to chat about it. It's such a good time. Um, 
it, it could be really, really fun time to talk about it, especially if you have vastly different opinions. That makes it all the more interesting. Uh, but until next time, we're going to leave you with a thank you to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, and a thank you to the band Rhetoric, who created our original music, which you are about to hear now. Take a listen to that as we send you off, and we will see you all next week. Talk to you then.